Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'es Hashem, Shir number 377, and we were talking about apology in the last two shiurim, we're going to be messiahing that today and go to another topic, and the idea behind the apology that's healthy in marriage, that's a principle for life, is the Gemara in Tainas, the Avchaf Aleph, that says that you should always be rach kakona, as soft as a reed, and don't be hard like a cedar tree. This is a yesoid that's important in life overall, but it's very, very important, especially in marriage. It's very important in marriage to be soft and flex- flexible and not be stubborn and rigid. And Agav, so as we're saying this, it's something that we talked about. I didn't label the title of the shir this way, but we... Um, really talked about already the 10th really dumb mistakes that, that smart couples make in Ben C. and Schaefer's book. And the 10th mistake is forgetting that you're best friends. And this idea of what best friends really mean and how they truly need to love each other and respect each other. And we talked about it in a recent previous year. Um, so the key being is that this is one of the biggest sides over there, is to be soft as a reed and never hard as a cedar tree, which means that you're soft and flexible, and you're not stubborn and you're not rigid. When your heart is soft, you can feel another person's pain, and you can see the errors of your ways. If your heart is hard, is hard you will be sticked to the conviction that you're blameless, and the relationship will suffer, which means you will suffer. This applies both to men and to women. It's a two-way street. If you react in anger, you make it difficult for your spouse to remember that you love them and that you're they're indeed your best friend. So you need to be rachkakana. Rachkakana means that if you see your spouse react with strong emotions towards you, she's upset, he's angry, say the words to yourself at least, that's strange. They're usually usually very caring what's going on and try to climb into their world and understand and try to figure out what they found hurtful. Very often you'll be able to find it and then apologize for the pain you caused. Explain that's the last thing you want to do is to hurt the person you love. And also, when you're on the receiving end of that hurt, instead of reacting with anger, just say it hurt and give your spouse a chance to apologize. Give your spouse a chance to understand what's bothering them. And when they do apologize, to forgive them. So those you say this, we talked about in the last two shiurim. That it's not the issue that's the problem, it's the pain that's the problem. And don't ruin apology with a but. And if you don't know what you're apologizing for, apologize for the pain that you caused. And that when your spouse apologizes, you accept it. Because your spouse isn't perfect, but neither are you perfect. And if the spouse, if fight did involve, limit the damage by using these rules, of which the main one is not to go global. Don't use the words always. Don't use the words never. Stick to what actually happened. Don't throw in the kitchen sink. Stick to the issue at hand. Don't bring up other issues that you have with your spouse. Don't use character assassination, which is murder. Don't say what happened here reflects on your spouse as a person. This is one incident, and you focus on this one incident. And also, like we said at the end of last year, very often the best thing is to sleep on it. 
to call a timeout. That's not stonewalling. You're calling a timeout and resume the next day when you're calm and you're more well-rested. And the one thing we did not mention in last week's share is to daven, to ask for siyata deshmaya from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Help, basically, you learn this shir, the last two shirin, and you daven to Hashem to help me put these principles into practice, that I know it's hard, but soften my heart, transform my heart, help me develop my character, that I could learn how to apologize in a healthy adult way, mature way, and that I could accept an apology in a healthy, mature way. And improve, that is how you improve your marriage, and you achieve the full potential and shalom and simcha and bracha in your marriage by doing that. Now he goes through something very interesting. Uh, Reverend Tzin Schaefer, a woman came to him to discuss, she said it's a shalom bias issue, a major shalom bias issue. She said that she and her husband are very distant. They don't talk to each other. Sometimes they don't talk to each other for three weeks at a time. He asked her, what do you think the cause of the problem is? And he, she answers, I think I'm much smarter than he is. And he asks her, what do you mean? And she says, he's not educated. He's a nice person, but he's ignorant. He's not polished. And deep down, I think that's the cause of the problem. And when Sian Schaefer said, I'd like to meet him, and they set up a time. So he expected to see this real, like, low, boorish type of person um, wearing, like, overalls, dirty boots. But no, he was a finely dressed man, and he was very articulate and intelligent. And he spoke to the husband for a while and had a different impression of him than what was really going on. So he went back to the wife and asked her again. He seems like a very good man to me and quite intelligent and well-spoken. Well so I'm missing something here. So if I would ask him what causes him to feel distant from you, what do you think he would say? And then the wife finally admitted, to tell you the truth, it could be I'm a little grammar obsessed. I teach language arts and I'm particular about the way you use words and pronunciations and grammar. And it could be that I sometimes correct him when he's talking. And when C.N. Schaefer says, okay, I see, do you do this in front of other people? And the wife responded, we usually have one or two married kids at the Shabbos table. So he asks again, do you correct him in front of the married kids? And she goes, yeah. And then he asks her, do you think he may take offense to that? And she goes, it could be. So it turned out, he says in the book, he says that not only... Does she correct him at the Shabbos table? She corrects him anytime he opens his mouth. At the dry cleaner store, at the supermarket, at the bank, everywhere and anywhere, because she's highly self-critical growing up. She was berating herself for doing better. But so after she got married, she included him in this package of her circle of self. And no matter what he said, no matter how he said it, he was always, she always had something to correct so he tried to delicately, de delicately explain to her why her husband may be so distant. Because it could very well be that he's taking these corrections very personal and like it's an attack on him. And she responded, it could be, but that's not my intention. So what was happening here is that he, she wasn't really seeing his side of the marriage. 
right? When she first came to him, it was a mystery. I'm a wonderful wife. My house is always clean. Meals are always prepared. I do his laundry. I'm an intelligent person. All my friends should see, say how nice I am. And all I want to show him bias. And I understand why, I don't understand why he's so distant and why he doesn't want to spend time with me. And what she wasn't getting was that she was basically punching him all day long and kicking him all day long and every day. These minor corrections were not minor corrections. He viewed it as constant criticism. No wonder he didn't spend time with her. Uh, she's, uh, uh, um, you know, constantly, um, you know, a headache. And that is really key. And I, I apologize, I made a mistake in the beginning of the year. I said that I didn't mention the be best friends. That was the ninth dumb mistake. This is the tenth mistake. The tenth mistake is criticizing your spouse. This is the example we just gave over here. And this example we gave when the wife was doing it to the husband, but again, it's a two-way street. The husband does this very often to his wife. If the husband is that personality type, that perfectionist type, that's constantly correcting his wife, also it crushes her. So this is really a key in all relationships, but in general, not to try to correct people. Are you going to say there's a mitzvah teichacha? We're going to get into that at a different time. But very often, these days especially, when you feel corrected, you feel personally attacked. Now, that does not mean a Rav, when he's in a shul, should never talk about these things. Of course he should. You know, Shabbos Chuvah even on a regular Shabbos, to give, give in a real subtle way, not pointing out particular people, but behaviors, they could do that. But in a marriage in general, it does not work because they sense it as an attack. And that's a very important insight to understand when they sense that attack. Brings down even with Yaakov Avinu, right? One of the things is, is that he held back a lot from giving Musr to them until at the end of his life, like by Ruvain. Rashi brings it down, right? Why didn't I admonish you about the Pachas Kamayim all these years? Because I was afraid that if I did, you would connect to Esav. Now, the Chiddush wondering is, is Ruvain was a tzaddik, Yaakov was a tzaddik, and they had a Kesher, and Ruvain would accept his father as his Rebbe and his spiritual guide. So how would that, to worry that he would run to Esau? But you see how sensitive a relationship actually really is. So that's a very, very important insight to understand in life. And the damage of criticism is, is un, really terrible because... You don't just hear the disapproval of the action. You hear a disapproval of yourself. When you're criticizing someone else's behavior, they feel rejected. You may not have intended it to be that way, but you perceive they perceive your words as an attack on the very essence of who you are and what you stand for. That's what's being assaulted. And you scream in defense. And if, if either you'll... You won't, may not fight back, but then you'll pull away. And this is what we said in, in the shir, that very often these quote-unquote distant marriages, these distant marriages start off when one spouse harps on the other, corrects them, criticizes them, and they take it personally and they pull away because they get tired of it and they simply get too hurt and they pull away. So the key of criticism is don't criticize. It distance people. It hurts it does not work. It does not work. Now, again, to go to an extreme with this, 
is questionable. He brings down an interesting, cute story um, where where um, his wife was cooking and asked one of the girls if the soup tasted right. And they asked, the daughter asked, why don't you ask uh, uh, Tati, your father? And my wife said, I'm not going to ask him because he'll never tell me that the food doesn't taste good. So here, this is an interesting question that I always had, and we talked about it, and we talked about Shana Rishina type aspects, is especially in the beginning, you know, when she's trying to make suppers and she's not used to it yet, and to get a client to what he likes and not likes and what tastes too salty and not too salty, that sometimes it may be a helpful thing if you do it the right way to discuss what you like, what you don't like, and this was that, because that that that's she wants to hear it and she wants to learn from it and make it exactly pleasing to him. So I don't know if you need to take this mamish literally, that if the salt was too salty, soup was too salty, to never ever mention it if it's continuously salty. And at some point have a conversation, just say, you know, I love your cooking and I love your things and it's beautiful. But for me, again, not say her, but for me, it's a little, if you could just do a little less salt. I don't think there's any harm with that. But the nakuda of what he's saying is MS Lamitai. The idea behind it is, is you're mevater, you don't criticize, you overlook things, you don't make issues of things. And that is really the key. Communication, that's not, you could communicate, but that's not criticizing. Communication is not complaining, not fault finding, not moaning, not rolling your eyes, not venting, not not fetching. All these things hurt. These are words that cause damage. They could damage every relationship, and they'll certainly damage a marriage. And therefore, you basically need to ask yourself, before you say something that you may feel that's legitimate, sometimes there's a legitimate thing to say, but you have to ask yourself first, what will, what do I want to accomplish from this conversation? What's the results am I looking for? Your goal is to help your spouse become a better person. You want to teach them, help them improve, but that's criticism. You want to make them feel better. You want to be loving and and make them feel safe. This is really the key. Rapam said this very often. He said people are very sensitive. And he says it over here also. You know, Rabbi Sian Schaefer puts it this way. He says, I wish that each person would have a sign on them reading careful underneath this skin lies a delicate sensitive heart please use words that are soft and sweet otherwise you may damage it Rapam used to say this all the time people are very sensitive this could be these hardline executives these tough-minded people but deep inside they are sensitive and especially in the marriage relationship and therefore it's so so important to be sensitive and if you don't want to, you know, and it's so, so clear. And sometimes people have this time. He says, what do you mean? I should muzzle myself up, never express myself. And, and but, but the idea really is, it depends on how you're saying things. If you criticize the person, then yeah, you muzzle yourself up. If you're complaining, fault-finding, then yes, you muzzle yourself up. There's effective, healthy communication that you could and should use when there's a legitimate need or concern that needs to be addressed. But you have to convey that in a, in a way that allows your husband or wife to hear it and not shut down and to hear it. And there's ways to do it that way without the criticism. Anything that creates a pain, 
causes them to become small, won't help. They'll say, here we go again, we messed up again, and so on and so forth. Always late, or whatever it is. So the key really is, is to use the I statements very often. You know, that the, the, you know, causes um, them to, to, un, to, to be more willing to, to communicate with you. I caused you pain. I messed up. I failed you. So you use the I first and also to compliment first. It's very important that even if you have to expre- express something that needs to be corrected, you proceed it with a sincere, real compliment, usually more than one. So before you explain, for example, what is hurting you about what your wife said or what your husband said or whatever it is, first explain how much you appreciate her. I appreciate how you take care of the kids and how happy I am that I met you and I'm happy that I'm married to you. You're a very special person. I love you. But here's one thing that I just felt hurt and and maybe I'm too sensitive. You say the I. You know, let's say she she bounced the check. You know, maybe I'm overly sensitive with these things. You know, I deal with money and this bothers me and, and it hurts me because I told you a few times not to bounce a check, whatever. And maybe it's all, you know, me. I, I, I you know, whatever it is, I, I go a little, uh, I have the nishigas. You know, you, you disarm it when you're saying it. So you're bringing up a real issue and you're not being angry about it. You're not being confrontational about it. You're not blaming your spouse about it. You're not triggering an angry reaction. You're basically giving over the bigger message when you're giving the smaller message. The bigger message message is that I'm accepting you and I'm respecting you and I'm loving you. This is one issue that I feel needs attention, but we're good. Our relationship is good and I'm happy with you. I'm happy with everything. That's the general idea. Now, he gives a qualification on this because if you do this and you're doing it as a gimmick, then your spouse will catch on and they'll say it's not working, you know, then, then it'll, it'll backfire. In other words, if you do this in a very mechanical way, oh, I'm going to compliment and say I and then give the criticism, and you just do it in a mechanical way without much thought, just you're using it as a method, your spouse, your husband or wife that hears this will catch on and realize you're really criticizing them. You're just using these formulas. So the real key is, is to not use it as a formula. In other words, when you're complimenting your wife or husband before you're saying what's bothering you, you're not just, not just a gimmick. You really, really mean it. You're putting your heart into it. You are indeed complimenting and you mean it. You're praising her and you mean it. You're expressing your appreciation and you're meaning it. Then when you have to say something that's bothering you, then you say it and they'll realize it's not a gimmick because they'll realize that your compliments are heartfelt. They're real. So remember this, that any type of technique is not just a technique. It has to be heartfelt and and meant. And that's when it works. And part of this is always, what he says a big aside here, is to speak softly. To speak softly and to do it in a very, very uh, kind, soft way when you're talking. That's how you do it. So basically the idea is, is never communicate in the heat of the moment when you're very upset. That usually doesn't work. Use the I statements, not you, that you are this, you are that. Say, I may be overly sensitive about this, but whatever. 
compliment first and start very, very soft. It's very, very important. The Messiah with the Nakuda, what's so important is is that a husband and wife, with all this to work, the apologies we talked about, how to disagree in a healthy way, means that there needs to be an inner feeling with the both of them. We want to be close to each other. We really want to nurture this relationship. We want to take care of it. We don't want to chalila damage it. And we want to care for it. And if that has to be a strong desire, both on the husband's part and on the wife's part, mutually, that you really want to work on things together. And when you have that mindset, that all these things we discussed about apologizing, about effective communication, when you are communicating healthily on on what's going on, a legitimate issue without the criticism, but in effectively communicating, all this will become a lot easier if that nakuda that you cite is there, that I, we love each other, we have a strong cheshik to become closer to one another, and to make our marriage strong and to connect. And then when you do this, you will be careful to nurture the relationship and not stuck each other, not criticize, not downplay uh, and, and hurt each other and cause deterioration, but to the reverse, to build a relationship, to build them. And when you do this, you will transform your husband or wife when you learn how to do this the right way and they grow and they thrive. And they become closer and closer. Brochen atzlacha.